It is now time for a wonderful new kind of segment within a segment of Teeing It Up from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey. This is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for January 12th, uh, 2018. Joined by Danny Flecker to talk football. This is called Off His Chest or Off Your Chest or Off The Chest. What do, what do you want to call this, Danny? Let's go with off your chest. I guess. Okay, off your chest, and and this could expand past football season, and it won't be a consistent addition of teeing it up, but it'll be a, a thing that happens. Um, and I can, I I think I can tell the backstory of of how this happens. Danny is a master um, multitasker and somebody who just when he has a thought, he goes with it and lets it all out. And I think I said to you a while back that would make really good radio. Um, so here we are. Yeah, I mean, making it's have a platform to to sound off on. So yes. So, so since you were last on the show, which was Monday, uh, and by the way, he will not be on the show twice in the same week. Uh, a lot. This is rare. Um, this is just one of those weeks. Because we talked no actual football last week, very little of, of, of football on Monday. Um, are you? Uh, you told me yesterday you're you um, you were okay with Matt Patricia. Not thrilled. Are are you still a confident that it'll be him and B? Do you generally feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say the world were thrilled. I, I mean, I'm ex- I would be excited if it were him and. Uh, one thing I think I mentioned on Monday is that, like, you know, reports are saying that the longer that the Giants go without hiring a candidate, maybe the more likely it would look like Belichick or, or somebody like that could be an option for them. Um, you know, if I'm obviously they can't announce anything with Patricia because he's in the playoffs and the Pats probably are going to go deep into the playoffs. So we're not looking until maybe even a formal announcement of that hire until maybe beginning of February. But you know, when I looked at the candidates they interviewed, I wasn't really, you know, excited about any of them. My, my hope was that they would not hire the guy from Carolina. Um, you know, not because of anything of bad that they said about him. I just think that the reports about their the success they had on their defense was a little bit overstated. Um, he's only been a coordinator for a couple of years. You know, there are positive remarks about the way he commands a room and everything else like that. But you know, I think. At this point for the Giants, with the transition that they're in, you know they're not a veteran team. They don't need that that master communicator or something like that. They need a guy that can rally young men and and adapt and change, you know, on the fly. And when you look at Patricia, he he's I think done that probably better than any Patriot you know prospect besides maybe McDaniel's in the last couple of years. I know Belichick doesn't have the greatest coaching tree success, but um, I think this group of guys that they have right now are just a little bit different just because of all the crap that they've had to deal with. And, you know, you, you realistically look at the, the Patriots and their roster every single year. They're not the best roster, but they are the best team every single year. So um, I think he'd be a good hire. I think he can help develop some of the young talents they have there. I think he can... Um, command a room. I, I don't care what he looks like at the end of the day. He can coach and he can, you know, carry out a, a new culture there that's more important than, you know, if he has a beer or not. Uh, I, 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 I don't get why 
people um, go crazy over beards. Like, you know, l- l- like I, I get that the Yankees don't like facial hair, blah, 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 but what difference does it make if the guy has a ton of facial hair, no facial hair, purple facial hair, black facial I does it I what's the big deal about facial hair? <laughs> you know, the NFL to me and uh, you know, I don't want this to come off the the wrong way, you know, when I say this, but like the NFL is the old crusty white guy that still works at your company that, you know, wants to do things the way they were done in nineteen fifty. Um you know, you look at the NBA and the personalities they have there and the way they are able to use social media to get new fans and expand their brand and, and be themselves. And here you have a guy who's just being himself. And, you know, he wants to have a beard. He wants to have a beard. He wants to wear his hat backwards and put a pencil, you know, in, in the back of his ear. Like, let him do that. Like, you know, I think it was hilarious that he wore that Roger Goodell T-shirt. He was able to express an opinion that you know probably was building up within that organization and within him for for months after the Flategate situation. You know, um, you shouldn't allow a guy like that to bully you around when you know that that you haven't done anything wrong. So I, I like that he has a personality. And he, he's different. You know, he's not like everybody else out there. And, you know, not to say that that's a, a bad thing to be like everybody else but you know it, it's nice to just be unique and different and uh you know the last thing i want is another guy like mcadoo who's a, a clown at the end of the day with just a stupid slick back and his dumb press conferences sounding like you know a, a used car salesman like and i don't want that if i'm a fan so you know the nfl needs to start embracing this rather than trying to push it aside and, and Potentially, you know, not hire people because of it. It's just a, it's 2018. We got to evolve, and and people are going to be more like him than they're going to be like guys like Bill Parcells moving forward. Um, as we look, and by the way, I, I for one, don't believe that 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 Belichick is leaving. I think we would have heard more about it um, by now, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, do you feel the same way five days later? Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of time left before anything like that is done. We'll, we'll see what happens at the end of the day. Uh, again, I, I mentioned it the other day. Like, do I want him there? Would it be ideal to have a coach like that? Maybe. Uh, maybe five, six years ago, when when they were, you know, still had a, a chunk of their roster and didn't have to be rebuilt. I, I just think that if we're going to do something like hire a new coach, you want to be able to get somebody that is young and is up for the task at hand, not someone that's going to be there for four years and uh, once you're on the precipice of potentially something good, he, he realizes, hey, I'm 71 years old and I, I want to be on my boat in Nantucket. Yeah, um, I still think he stays. I don't think there's anything um, that could change that. Alright, off your chest with Danny, right? Off your chest? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, off, off your chest with with Danny here on seeing it up. Let's get to these weekend's games. Uh, do you give the Eagles any chance? I actually like them a lot, to be honest with you. I really? Think, yeah, I think that one of the things that I look heavily, you know, like when I pick games or gamble on games, is you know what's the team used to doing, what's the team used to playing in, what's the temperature, what's the wind, everything else like that. Um, we have a dome team this weekend coming up to Philadelphia where you know it's going to be raining all day. Um, 
uh, tomorrow. It's gonna, the temperature's going to drop almost 25 degrees from yep. when we wake up. It's going to be windy, um, and it's a dome team in Philadelphia. I, I just, I think Philadelphia is not getting as much credit as they want. I know they don't have Carson Wentz back there, but they had a good defense. Their rush defense is good. Their, their pass rush is good. The corners, I think, they pulled their phone against most of what they're going to get from Matt Ryan and, and the Falcons. You know, the big question is, can Nick Foles limit mistakes and, and capitalize on opportunities? We'll see. I mean, they've had two weeks to prepare, and... Uh, you know, the Falcons' defense has improved, but this is the first time in NFL history we've seen a number one seed be underdogs to a number six seed. That's a little that's a little fishy to me. I mean, that doesn't seem right, but given the circumstances, I think that the Eagles have as much of a chance as any team would. I, I think playing at home, first playoff game at home in a, in a couple of years, that crowd, we all know what Philadelphia is like if you're a visiting team. So to say that they don't, have seen a chance, I think, you know, not fair to the, the rest of the team. Uh, there is only uh, one guy that's going to play quarterback for them, but I still think that the rest of that team is was 12-4 and four or whatever they were this year, too. I, I for for my, my money, don't like um, the Eagles at all. I think this offense is going to be inept. I don't think it's going to be any good. I think the Falcons win. It may be ugly, but I think the Falcons win this game. Tight. Well, Inspiration. I think that you know the Falcons' offense. I think will have some success if they can maintain drives. And the one thing that the Falcons don't don't give me, at least from a you know a, a gambling side of things, or even like picking them outright to just win, is that they are terrible in the red zone. Absolutely terrible. They kick way too many field goals. They don't put teams away, and on a sloppy field where. Uh, footing could be an issue. I just think that if you're if, you, if you're telling me that this Falcons team from last year was going in there and and they were three point favorites against this Eagles team, oh yeah, absolutely. That offense was humming and and, and killing teams. But I think that Matt Ryan took a step back this year. Their offensive line has some injuries. Um, the Eagles can get after the quarterback, and I think that you know last week's game. I didn't watch it because I wasn't here, but I'm pretty sure that what Falcons had three or four turnovers that they they created, and most of them were on punts because the the stupid guy on on the Rams tried to make more happen and didn't fair catch it. So I think that um, you know getting those types of opportunities again are going to be hard. So I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be you know a battle of the run games and which team can. Can produce you know something special up front with their their offensive and defensive line. Titans, Patriots. Um, I like the Patriots big for obvious reasons. Um, Titans are going to have to get turnovers. I think that's the only way they win this game. I think them going into what will be a cold Foxborough by that point. This is just ready made for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean similar situation with temperature and atmosphere. Uh, Tough to win in New England in a playoff game, period, no matter if it's 80 degrees or or 14 degrees. I think the biggest key in this game is can the Titans maintain drives, and that means on offense and defense. Can they stop the drives, you know, the third down defense, can they stop drives, and can they keep drives going? I 
I just don't think they're creative enough to, to do that on either side of the ball. I think that you have uh, 80-year-old coaches from the same scheme that historically Brady's ripped apart when he plays the Steelers, and you have an offense that is uh, just inept at times, and I, I don't see them being creative enough to beat a Patriots team that, that knows that, hey, you want to beat us, you have to go on 15, 16-play drives, and we'll, we'll take our chances with what you have out there. Yeah, I, I just think that... Um especially if the Patriots can run the ball, which is what so much, um, uh, so many people forget that the Patriots in the playoffs have been so effective when they've run the ball effectively. If you can run it in that weather and keep the ball away, if the Titans get anything going offensively, I think that further puts the Patriots at an advantage. Yeah, and don't forget the Patriots' run game is also their short passing game. Like They have a great set of backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield. The Titans are one of the worst teams covering backs out of the backfield. The Titans are one of the worst teams covering tight ends. That's I wouldn't be surprised if you look in the first half and their pass catching backs and Gronk have 80% of the targets and, and catches uh, among their skill players. I just think that that's what New England does well and that's what they're going to do and the Titans aren't very good at stopping it so they're going to have a tough time I think you know, keeping pace. I mean if you're the Titans and you get down 14-3 or, or you know, 17-7, are you confident that you're going to come back and stop them and not give up any more points and, and score? I just can't see that happening. Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard for sure. Um, we're doing off your chest, which is when Danny gets things off his chest on teeing it up with Jeremy Schilling. Kind of a pilot episode, I guess you could say. Um, did you ever think you'd be a part of a pilot, Danny? I did not, no. See, this is something cool. Um, anyway, uh, we now move on to Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. To be honest with you, I think Jacksonville has a chance in this game. Pittsburgh is can occasionally just not show up. They did it a bunch of times during the regular season. I know they're hitting their stride. But especially if Antonio Brown is not Antonio Brown, I think Jacksonville has a shot at Blake Bortles can do stuff. But that's the other thing. Blake Bortles cannot function as a functionable NFL quarterback a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, everyone's bringing up, well, they, inter they intercepted Ben Roethlisberger five times last time they played each other and, and this and that. Let's throw that out the window. I was one bad game. It happened. You know, when was the last time Ben threw five interceptions again? Um... That was a perfect storm, and, you know, they scored 30 points to Jacksonville, but, you know, one was, I think, an 80-yard run by Fournette, and, and then two were returns for a touchdown. So the offense realistically maintained the drive one time that entire game. So when I look at this game, I look at two things. One, can you protect Ben Roethlisberger? I don't care who his receivers are, but if you can protect him, I think he has an opportunity to do some good things. And two, like you mentioned, can – Blake Bortles extend drives. Can he actually throw the ball and hit his receiver, let alone uh, have them catch it? Like, can they actually have an opportunity to put their hands on the football? Yeah, um, it's tough. I, I just, I just think Jacksonville has had a you know a great run, a great season, a good defense. But again, um, I looked at their schedule the other day. They played maybe one or two good offenses, and they got beat by playing Gabbard for all. Christ's sakes, like, 
I get it. They have a good good defense and, and some good corners, but this is a different beast. This isn't the regular season, and you're not going to see Ben Roethlisberger throw five interceptions again. Uh, clearly. Uh, talking to Danny Flecka here on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Apparently, uh, Jordan Spieth has done something while I was uh, recording this podcast, um, which is not surprising that Jordan Spieth does Jordan Spieth things. Um, uh, um, as we continue, um, and, and by the way, uh, do you think Eli Manning is a Jacksonville Jaguar at the start of next season? No, the Giants lose too much money in, in any type of deal that would see Eli leave. They'd be eating a bunch of salary, and they would screw up their entire cap. But just don't, unless Jacksonville's going to going to trade a pick and, and take on that the contract that he has, and and, and deal with that. Then you yeah, know. Great, give us a first round or second round pick for him, but I don't see Eli not wearing a Giants uniform next year. I just, it's, I think it's too complicated. It's too complicated with everything, with all the money and everything else like that going on with his uh, contract. I'm going to give you a place that I think he, uh, uh, sorry, a quarterback who I think will end up there. In Jacksonville. Yep, and that, um, and that quarterback is Alex Smith. I think he's perfect for that. Well, I've been seeing it. You know, initial reports came out today that the, the Browns would be going after him, which makes some sense given that um, their GM now is a GM that traded for him in KC. Um, he'd be a nice stopgap for for whatever rookie they, they potentially, you know, hopefully draft. Um, I think he's a better fit in Jacksonville with the, the players they have there in the running game. He would be able to have a chance to, to keep winning. Um, Jacksonville's tough. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of the quarterbacks off the top of my head that could be a fit there. I mean, Bortles could be a fit there if they if they had any interest in developing him, and I think that they don't. I, I just don't think that they, they care enough about his skill set to be like, okay, let's take the next step here with you and get you to where we need you to be. Um, you know, Potential fits there. Sam Bradford could be a good fit there, I think. Um, if he were to be let go or, or be a free agent, maybe even Case Keenum, depending on what happens with him, could be a good fit there. Um, but yeah, I could see Alex Smith there. He would be be a, a good addition to a good team, and that would put them up top as one of the potential you know contenders next year again. I believe that the Saints will trounce the Vikings, and it will not be even close. Am I crazy? I think so. I think you're talking about. A Minnesota team that has gotten no respect for a long time, and it's pretty amazing. I went back the last couple of years, and Minnesota historically has been one of the best teams against the spread um, in the NFL since 2000. Was it 15? That year they made the playoffs. Um, that year they went like 14 and three against the spread, uh, something crazy like that. I don't think they're covering this week. I think it closed at five uh, for the spread. Um, I think this is a close game. I am big on taking teams that have already played and the team that has lost um, to cover whatever spread it is that, that has been put out there. So um, I think it's going to be a, a tough game. I think uh, both offenses will be will have good games. I think that at the end, Minnesota's defense will come up with a big stop when they need to, but I think this is a field goal game. I think it's going to be very tough for Minnesota to blow out the Vikings, given that uh, Drew Brees is not 
this isn't the same Saints team they played in week one. So I think this is going to be probably the closest game of the weekend. Uh, you know, field goal game. I think it's going to be tough for, for Minnesota after a two-week layoff to come in uh, humming and, and, and really blow the doors open in this game. Well, hold on a second. Let me just, uh, maybe I misspoke by accident. I think the Saints are going to win this game big. Is that what I said? Yeah, I, okay. think a, I think it's a Minnesota win, but I think it's going to be a close game. Three points, I think, the, the, the margin of victory one way or the other. But if, if I have to pick a team to win, I, I'm picking Minnesota, and I, I think the Saints cover the spread, but I think it's going to be a Minnesota win. I just think their defense is, at the end of the day, is much better than, than the Saints, and they'll make a big stop when they have to. So this is what fascinates me. Uh, I'm about that. You really think Case Keenum will, will will step up in a big spot and actually show up? Because for me, and I think we've seen this a lot in sports, big stage, big moment, you see the true um, talent or character or, or, or uh, playing ability of a team or a player, and this is the type of game where you'd expect Case Keenum to blow up and have four picks. It's... I don't know if Case Keenum is going to be the death of them, to be honest with you. I think that they, they need to establish the run game. Um, the Saints defense kind of scared me last week when I was watching that game. They were absolutely getting torched by the, by McCaffrey in, in passing situations, and they could not get off the field to save their life. Um, their third down defense was, was absolutely atrocious, and I think Minnesota's run game is decent enough to – to keep the chains moving. I also like Jarek McKinnon. I think that's a name you got to watch out for on Sunday. I think he presents similar matchup problems that McCaffrey did against um, the the Saints last week. You know, a shifty back that's that's quick out of the backfield that can run some patterns. So um, I think Keenan does enough to keep him in the game. I I just think Minnesota's defense at home with with that crowd noise and that. You know their corners are really good with with Rhodes and, and Harrison Smith. You know in the back, uh, you know of their secondary. I just think it's going to be tough for the Saints to realistically even blow them out. I, I just can't see them blowing them mm. out. I just think it's going to be a close game. I, I, two good teams, but the, the Vikings defense for me at the end of the day is, is what separates them in, in this game. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we end this? No. So I mean, my picks are. My, my picks are Philly, New England, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota. I got, um, let's see, Atlanta, New England, Pittsburgh, but I can see Jacksonville doing it, and New Orleans. Yeah, it's good. I mean, they're all, the only game that I can say with you with 100% is, is New England. Um, I, I feel strongly about Pittsburgh. Um, the two NFC matchups. Now, I wish there were some better quarterback matchups going on there, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I, am, I don't have a horse in this race. I want to see the four best teams make it. I want to see New England. I want to see uh, Pittsburgh against each other in round two. Uh, you know, between them, and I want to see um, you know Atlanta and maybe the Saints go at it again. But uh, I think just the, the way that it's it's drawn out. You, I'm going to go with the better defenses and the better quarterbacks at the end of the day besides the, the Philly game. There you go. That's off your chest with Danny. Thank you, sir, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. No problem. We'll talk next week when I look, like, uh, I look stupid for taking the games I took. <laughs> you got it.